0: Hello there! Welcome back to the first Right Act reviews that we've done in quite a long time. This is part of the Right Act podcast where we just set our sights on one singular record and we do an entire podcast dedicated to it. We haven't done one of these for a long time because I think the last one we did was the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I had to be talked off of a very tall mountain um, to to do one <laughs> of them again because it was it was pretty hellish, really. But hello, I'm Stephen Hill, and I'm joined this week for his riot act debut Mm -hmm. is that how you say it debut not that it's not how you say it um a writer for the guardian for metal hammer and presumably for your own diary where all your thoughts and um dreams are kept matt it's matt mills basically hello matt
1: hello 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 how are you doing
0: i'm all right thanks mate thanks very much for coming on board
1: dude thank you so much for inviting me long time listener big fan so i really appreciate getting brought on it's it's an honor for sure
0: Oh, that's absolutely fine. I've asked you on the show this week, Matt, I'll just do this particular show, because uh, you're a heavy metal guy. Like I am I... indeed. Used to be. Um, so <laughs> with that in mind, uh, we're going to be talking about the new album from Machine Head of Kingdom and Crown, the 10th studio album from the Oakland Heavy Metal Legends, the follow-up to 2018's very divisive Catharsis mm. album. Before we get into it, Matt, the actual album itself, I've talked about Machine Head on this podcast quite a lot over mm-hmm. the years that we've been doing it and prior to it. So I think people kind of know sort of how I feel about them as a band and what they've been doing over the last sort of 15 or so years particularly as well. Um, Post-Blackening, Machine Head Output. What's your take? So
1: I love the Blackening. Like I, That is... That's definitely my favourite Machine Head album personally. And like, mm-hmm. it came out in 2007, which... me was like right when i was like just before i was discovering metal so like when i was sort of discovering metal machine head were touring and promoting that and so the Blackening was a big album for me um yeah absolutely love that record i consider that their pinnacle personally um and then four years after the blackening they did unto the locust which i really really liked um sort of when i first heard it i was about 15, 14 15 years old when that came out and i really really liked it um but to be honest with you i've really not gone back to it like, i i want right. to say for maybe like six or seven years like as a complete album mm. there are some banging tracks on it though like undoubtedly L- locust is a great song i like, put that mm. in like the top shelf of machine head songs um and that's one that i always come back to um but th- there are other songs on it like who we are which has the child the infamous choir.
0: children's choir yes. yes and i
1: hate children at the best of times so oh, keep them the keep yeah. them the fuck out of my heavy metal please mm-hmm. um so yeah so they're, they're, that's kind of a hit and miss record for me now in hindsight i think um and so 2014 we had bloodstone and diamonds which i actually really 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 like um i don't know i know people like that album on the whole i don't know if it's a hot take to say i'd put it Uh, very close to the blackening in terms of quality Um, core
0: i i I really like bloodstone and diamonds yeah a lot um and it's certainly for me of the last three they've done there's no competition that that is the best one but i think when you're saying close to the blackening Mm. i think there's for me there's too much on it it's a really lengthy record the black yeah, and so yeah. tight and concise even though those songs are long it still feels like a really easily digestible record and everything on it is like oh my god wow i do feel a little bit fatigued i think on reflection i, I like blood sometimes is great but i get a bit fatigued towards the end i mean of. i i get that
1: and like there's because there are moments that do very much overstay their welcome there's, there's a three minute ambient or spoken word track i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but there is like a three minute ambient track and it's like and we'll come into this when we talk about of Kingdom and Crown, but like, I hate mm. not musical interludes yeah. and for, for it to be three minutes. That is like, yeah, you are really testing my patience. But I will say, like, when that record hits, it fucking hits, man. Like I love the opening track. I love Now We it's Die. Um, like, I'm, I'm a sucker for like, I'm a sucker for symphonic metal. Um, well, no, put it this way. I'm a sucker for symphonic music and I'm a sucker for metal i'm not a sucker for symphonic metal um so to hear like now we die which has those swelling strings and then it just breaks down into that heavy machine head groove metal that we all know and love i love that shit i think that's great um killers and kings is a good sort of you know more concise like banger like i still remember that chorus you know it's been a good few years since i've heard that album um yeah there's there's a lot of great stuff on bloodstone but i do get your point it, it can be a little bit overly long in in points mm. and that's why it's i'm not going to sit here and say it's as good as the blackening it's the best thing they've ever done but it's yeah it's close it's close for me for sure
0: mm. and we're skirting around the issue
1: <laughs> oh yeah this was bound to happen wasn't it yeah here of we
0: catharsis go. Jesus. catharsis now Pri- how long you got to steve <laughs> how long have i got mate as long as you want i mean not not too long but um we can talk about catharsis briefly i mean it was kind of uh before we got catharsis we got uh, is there anybody out there which i sort of mm. understood as a as an idea but i mean it plays into sort of what i'm about to say you know my what we'll come to my next question but um catharsis in that whole period for machine head we're not doing festivals anymore we're going to do kind of radio Mm. rock bangers we're going to do folk punk stuff we're going to use some rather questionable (laughs) um lyrical couplets in some of our music like the whole thing i think you put that a little bit mildly there steve uh, yeah maybe i mean you know like we don't you all know what we're talking about so i don't think we need to go into it too much but um it was a weird time to be a machine head fan i thought, mm. and then you've got like half the band leaving as well
1: yeah yeah and like i think for me with catharsis like essentially it's a 75 minute album and i think there is 40 to 45 minutes of good machine head on that album it's just that there's a lot of crap to kind of wade your way through to get there like there are songs on there that i really really do like um then you've got songs like triple beam bastards uh which just just, just shit like they're not just shit you're not you could... living
0: life on a triple beam
1: <laughs> no well that's that's the thing because you know i i've been you know that song's been around for four years now i still have no idea if that you know what happens when you live life on a triple beam i'm still kind of unclear to be honest with you
0: mm. yeah i know it's it's uh I'm sure it's a metaphor for lots of things. I yeah. mean that's what I've been people say oh, it's a metaphor for drugs well, it, and, it, it's, and it's for, ironic cause um, it's ironic because I I know and- it's really yeah, ironic
1: because uh, I know Rob did an interview I can't remember who with but he did an interview kind of like explaining catharsis um and he said like he was kind of sick of like the metaphorical songwriting in metal and he kind of wanted to kind of write essentially thematically hip hop songs or R and B songs or rap songs that are just like straight to the fucking uh jugular and don't fuck about, you know. Um
0: And which... we got bastards. And
1: then and we got bastards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean oh. that perfectly brings me to what my kind of hope was for this record, right? Because, Mm. I mean, if you bought Metal Hammer recently, I reviewed the album, so there might be a few spoilers in the review in the recent Mm. Metal Hammer for me. But Machine Head are a fucking great metal band. Agreed. A great groove metal band, right? When Mm -hmm. they do that tornado of riffs, roaring, speeding, thrashy, groovy, harsh as fuck, classic Machine Head thing, they are amazing. And I can completely understand why they as a band would want to elaborate on different influences and mm. stylistically try and explore new avenues and do all these other things but for me we've got to a point 10 albums in where i think we can categorically say Machine machinehead are an <laughs> an okay rap metal band and below average folk punk band a not quite up to it radio rock band there is only really one thing that they are fucking brilliant at Mm. and that is thrashing groove metal
1: i I want to add to that a little bit actually because you you list off some of the merits of machine head when they're at their best i think some of their guitar harmonies like you know in songs like halo prime example i think their Mm. lead guitar playing is top notch you know when they really want to be Those sort of like really athletic and shreddy guitar players, you know, they are pretty unfuck withable. And, you know, we we talk about like the big grooves and the breakdowns and the Davidians, but I don't think they get enough credit for being just like excellent, sort of, I hate the word shreddy, but like, you know, they don't get enough credit for being those really sort of flamboyant lead guitar players as well. I don't think
0: that's true. That is true. I mean, you know, that would have been the kind of. uh well, the, the Phil Demmel-Rob Flynn axis that was so successful for them for mm. so many years when they were doing that thing at the peak of their powers. But then I guess as well, we should say, like we sort of briefly mentioned, that is gone now, isn't it? Because we've got um, a pretty much an entirely new band lineup. So you've got mm. uh, Naveen Copperweiss is the drummer who's in Animals as Leaders. Um, he's a session drummer. So uh, the, the drummer who will be on... In Machine Head, I believe is Matt Alston, but he's yeah. not playing on this record. No, he, uh, he used to be
1: in, in Devilment for those who care
0: about that band. Okay, right. And we've also got Vogue from mm-hmm. Decapitated. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name because I probably won't be able to do it. So we'll just say yeah. it's Vogue from Decapitated. Let's
1: just go with Vogue. That's, that's why he gave himself the nickname, I'm sure.
0: Yes, I'm sure that's why he's just <laughs> to save <laughs> me having to like make a
1: contact. <laughs> he had you specifically in mind, Steve, when he called himself Vogue
0: yes yeah um some people have been a bit like ah well you know he's in it now and decapitated blah 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 i'm not getting into that frankly like i Mm. i just cannot be bothered to get into that um uh i don't know if you want to say anything regarding that there
1: is something that i do want to say because um a couple of weeks ago i interviewed rob flynn um to talk about this album uh there's there's i'll have a feature in guitar magazine coming out whenever that's a nice little plug for my He's own pimping Pimping
0: his own shit when he comes He's only been on here fucking 15 minutes pimp <laughs> his own shit already that's fine
1: yeah follow me at matt mills writes on twitter while i've got you um yeah, yeah there's this little plug um but yeah so like i i interviewed rob flynn and i i did ask him about this like is it it does it feel like vog is kind of a player with like the sword of damocles kind of hanging over him because you know uh, decapitated weren't acquitted of anything like the, the charges were withdrawn without prejudice so they I think they can get brought back again at any point that's my understanding of it um, and he did say like yeah you know this is something that we've talked about in depth and it's something that within the Machine Head camp and with Vogue was very very discussed before officially bringing him in um, so it, it's good that the band are mindful of that and that they're kind of acknowledging that um at least that, that in for me anyway for me as a fan that makes me more comfortable um and yeah and so clearly they've had those discussions and obviously rob is comfortable with whatever vog had to say and is comfortable bringing into the fold really like i'm i'm just comfortable and happy that the fact that they have had those discussions and they are acknowledging it like in the press at least
0: yeah yeah i mean i think i've sort of mentioned we've spoken this podcast about various stuff before um so just go back and find us talking about that if you want to know mm. what I think about it. But I mean, yeah, I'm not really here to talk about the particular, because I think, you know, again, with Machine Ed, um, it's Rob Flynn, isn't it? Rob Fli- This is Rob Flynn's band. Rob Flynn's the man who does all the stuff. You're ultimately looking at, like, this piece of music is pretty much all written, I imagine, by Rob Flynn, yeah. I would think. I, yeah, I think all I think, tracks are written by rob flynn apart so vog's on he's written one song
1: I, I think machine head is one of those bands where it's like it has the illusion of being a democracy mm. um because i know when phil demo left machine head shortly after catharsis he came out and said well it's essentially a rob flynn solo record um and again i interviewed rob for hammer for like the in the studio piece Oh, end of last year start of this year and he said no that they you know that that's not right because you know phil and you know maybe dave as well contributed ideas to what would become catharsis um but the thing is were in the end like phil and dave may have contributed ideas but it has to go through the funnel of rob flynn like rob flynn takes those ideas and applies them in a way that he sees fit like phil Demmel came up with the riff for triple beam thinking it would be like a sick thrash groove metal song and then uh, this is this is according to what phil has said by the way so like phil mm-hmm. came up with that riff for triple beam thinking it would be a good sort of thrash groove track and then rob changed it into what it is now like the the rap metal whatever so like i, th- I think it's one of those bands where like you know certain members do have the odds like writing credit but it all has to go through the the the, f- the uh the funnel that is rob flynn that's my understanding of it anyway from the outside looking in
0: yeah i think it'd be insane to think that anyone other than rob flynn is at the responsible for i mean i was gonna say 90 percent of this i think even that feels like it's probably more do you know what i mean i I think machine head are shaped at this particular at this point i think solely in rob flynn's image and Mm. um and that, that can be a good thing, it can be a bad thing. I mean, we'll discuss whether or not it's worked on this particular record. But the other mm. thing I want to mention as well is that this is Machine Head's first concept album. Yes, I knew I this was that, gonna happen. Dow, oh, I was so excited when I read up bloody love concept <laughs> albums, aren't they? Like heavy metal bands doing concept albums. When does it ever not work? Like if you're not <laughs> Mastodon, can you just not do it? Can you just not can you just not, please? Because I I honestly they're they're hard fucking work concept albums they and are i think most time ta- most of the time you don't really need to know the concept you don't really need to know the concept to enjoy a good concept album i think there are occasions where you well, do
1: especially it. when it's machine head and like uh, my i have a thing when when i'm reviewing albums by like these big shouty bands um and i i definitely put machine head into the category of big shouty band mm-hmm. largely you know, I, I don't put a lot of stock in the lyrics because I think for metalheads who listen to death metal, shouty metal, you know, and everything else, like, it's more how they're phrased. It's the aggression in the actual vocal delivery rather than the lyrics, I think, that are more important. Um, yeah, I agree. So, yeah. like, yeah, so, like, I, that's why I think the criticism, if someone were to listen to fucking Morbid Angel who doesn't know a thing about metal and has the criticism of, oh, well, I don't know what he's saying like the reason that that criticism I believe is invalid is because it's the, aggress- it's the aggression of the delivery rather than the actual content. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of largely, apart from like, you know, some good mosh calls and some good choruses, I would put, I, I put the verses of Machine Head and the bridges of Machine Head songs into that category of it doesn't really matter. It's more the aggression of what Rob Flynn, of just hearing Rob Flynn shout, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah you've um beautifully sort of uh, diluted that down to the sort of thing that i'd say there matt which mm. is that i mean basically metal and good lyricists are fairly few and far between I would say. <laughs> like particularly this sort of thing mm. it is like you say really about how can we get people to just shout along at our concerts and i'm sure that you know Definitely the people who are writing it. And I'm just sure, like, you know, Rob Flynn puts a lot into his music and he puts a lot, you know, they've written very personal songs in the past. Lots yeah. of very, the songs that are very personal to Rob Flynn. But um, we've sort of already said it, the kind of the specific nature for it doesn't really matter. I mean, Aesthetics of Hate, I know what exactly what that's about. I know yeah. ex- yeah, specifically yeah. what that's about. And I think, you know, it, it kind of taps into that, I want to get you you fucking prick kind of Mm. mentality that it's meant to do and if you didn't know you'd enjoy it as much as if you did know well this is um, it like
1: a perfect example is davidian like i have no idea what the fuck Davidian's about but i know let freedom ring with a shotgun blast so i love that shit you know
0: yeah just sounds cool it just Just it just sounds
1: cool cool, and it's it's a destructive thing to say before a big silly groovy riff which is what which is what we like when we listen to machine head
0: of course um, What we like less maybe Is this The concept <laughs> Is set in a futuristic wasteland Where the sky is always crimson red And it's based around two characters Character number one Is named Ares pronounced Ares Should have said Should have just said Just pronounced it Ares And he loses the love of his life That is very mm-hmm. should, always, When you go out Keys, wallet, phone Love of your life Always just pat Yeah Anyway <laughs> Um <laughs> It's like, oh god damn it, uh, the love of my life fell down the crack in the sofa again. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone out and I've left the love of my life. Where did oh, I put for god it? Oh, god. Place where I hang I left the oven on in. and I left the love of my life. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, we jest. He lives the love of his life, amethyst, and goes on a murderous rampage against the people who killed her. Um oh so that's what he meant when he said he'd asked him. Character number two is Arrows looks like Eros to me, I wouldn't have known that, pronounced Iris. who loses his mother to a drug overdose and in his downward spiral depression becomes radicalised by this charismatic leader and goes on his own killing spree and is one of the people who killed Amethyst. And so the lyrics detail how their lives intertwine. I mean, like. I, I mean, I just want to say, I, I got none of that from listening to the record none absolutely if you hadn't if i hadn't read that i would have got none of that from listening to this record
1: i mean i think that this record for me lyrically it kind of falls in with what i just said about davidian like i can pick out isolated phrases like mostly like hooks and choruses like I, i can pick out um when he sort of sings and does that croon where he says my hands are empty i can pick out that bit where he goes bloodshot bloodshot which is a ripoff mm. of cutthroat by sepultura by the way that uh, that's really exactly what me. i've written yes really yes. bugged me um and uh, there are other like break
0: sort of... up the firestorm break up the firestorm yeah. i don't know how you become a firestorm i don't know what, exactly what it means and how, how it relates to the story but yeah it sounds cool i
1: choose to believe that it's about the ending of um, dr strange loves that, that lyric but that's just me uh-huh. um but it's yeah, so, like yeah like the point being like you can pick out these isolated phrases to sort of shout back if we were experiencing these in a live environment. But like I'm I'm not gonna unpick every verse and every bridge to to sort of get the narrative. Like I'm not listening to this album going, oh, I can't wait to find out what happens to Eros or Arrows. I can't wait to find out what happens to Ares. Like, you know, it's all well and good having these themes and there's not necessarily nothing, you know, there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. Um it's just not what I listen to extreme metal four per se and and i I I say this i say this as a massive man whore for concept albums like you know you know one of the first albums i heard in my life was 2112 by rush you know Mm. and like that that first half of that album is like an exclusively a concept piece um you know and i I grew up listening to iron maiden seventh son of a seventh son you know that's what my mum was playing on the radio in the car when i was growing up so i i do love digging into these sort of narratives but for me just when it's machine heads I, I it just it's not as important to me as like what we hear
0: yeah i think you are um i think you're sort of um shackled a little bit with with what you are as a band and i think what machine heads are good at does not really lend itself to the concept album but then I guess the flip of that is if the music's good, it doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah, people exactly. talk about exactly. a band like Code Code and Cambria quite a lot, right? And we've mm. reviewed Code and Cambria a bunch of times this podcast. I really like Code and Cambria. I, I, love, have them. I love them. I love them. Absolutely no fucking interest in the Almory Wars in the slightest. I couldn't give a shit. I don't care what it's about. I don't know what it's about. I'm not interested. I'm but not it's interested. Re- at
1: all. It's really But they write bangers. Th- it's really funny that you bring this up because I interviewed Claudio and Travis. Mm-hmm. um for guitar magazine um i've oh got months back now and i asked travis like do you have any idea what the hell's going on in the amory wars anymore and he's the guitarist for that band he looked up and said "Nah, not really
0: <laughs> no and i don't think you need to like no, i just like, know, it's so know shoulders on the new album is a fucking rager that's all I yeah can I, I love
1: the okay. new coheed album massively like it's just really good sort of i, I don't know like pop prog i guess you'd call it really yeah. like
0: Anyway, we're getting off track. The point is, we're getting off track. Good. Basically, um, this is if if it was gonna if the success of this album lives and dies by is it a successful concept album? There's not a great album, but but
1: there's a big asterisk next to that.
0: Big fucking asterisk, which is that it absolutely doesn't. um mm. We start off with a the longest song on the record, ten minutes mm-hmm. and twenty five seconds. Slaughter the Martyr. Now I had got to the point with Machine Head where because they are quite you know, the the lows are quite low and the high the highs are so high, the bad bits are, you know, quite bad. And I'd got to the point where I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna get.
1: Mm, And so
0: Slaughter the Martyr was just like such a relief.
1: Did you feel the weight sort of sliding off your shoulders when you heard that song?
0: Yeah, I yeah. was like, "Thanks." Yeah, same, God same. That they're doing this. Well, well, c- c- can I
1: talk about something actually? Because from yeah. what you're saying, it sounds like your first taste of this album was sticking on that first song.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So for me, it was different. Like, I actually heard the singles. Well, no, I heard um, "Choke on the Ashes of Your Hate" first, um, yeah. and this was at a point where I didn't because they did the EP last year arrows and words from the sky that's the three song they ep did, yeah and i when the the single choke on the ashes of your hate came out i did not know that those three songs on the ep would reappear on this album so i i listened to choke and you know assuming this is the first thing i heard of what's going to be the next machine head album and honestly it scared me um because you know machine had got a lot of flack after catharsis for you know kind of ditching the thrash and i think it's very easy for a band who get criticized for not being as heavy to overly course correct um and i heard that when my, my first impression on the first listen of choke was they've overly course corrected because it's really thrashy really thrashy really heavy really loud really screamy but i think it's one of the weakest hooks on the album for me personally um right okay like that that it just, I don't know, like, it, there's something about... I'd i, I, I soften my stance on it now. That was sort of my first impression. I, I thought that that choke on the ashes of your hate Bry, just wasn't quite the sort of strong enough, really sturdy machine head hook that I was expecting. And I was worried that they'd overly course corrected. Um, but sticking the album on in full, hearing Slaughter, you know, and hearing it open with that kind of sort of gentle opening with the clean singing, those worries that I had based on that first impression of choke you' gone like you know it's mm. like this is this is machine head being very good at being machine head because Rob Flynn does not get enough credit for his clean vocals I don't think I think I think they're very 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 good yeah um and so like the first how longs the choir opening of slaughter two or three minutes? um i was like yeah this is really good this is really ominous i'm really excited you know i'm i'm here i'm pumped you know i'm feeling the excitement again so yeah this is a a long roundabout way of me saying this is sort of when i was like okay yeah now i'm back on board with the machine head again i i think yeah i think this is going to be something good i'm hoping at this point
0: it was a really i mean i'm I actually didn't bring up the fact that three of these songs, well, more were released in advance. But yeah. I mean, particularly kind of like you say, Arrows is the th- the three song um, EP release, which we actually reviewed whew, uh, right at the start of 2021, if my memory mm. serves, um, on, on this show. And we were like, wow, this is really, really good. But it is kind of weird to just pick three songs out of a concept album and release them like a year before the record comes out. So that's... I mean, again, I think it gives more credence to the fact that, you know, the the concept isn't actually super important. And I remember Mm. being like, well this is quite promising. Then I didn't listen to the other singles. So I had sort of forgotten about everything from this album until Slaughter the Mother came in. And I was like, this is great. This is proper going for clenching the Fist of Descent Mm. part two kind of thing. And it's great. I think it's fucking great
1: can i ask you a question here steve like mm-hmm. this again this is going into the backstory i will get onto my actual critique of slaughter the martyr i fucking promise but yeah. you know because machine Head, they released my hands are empty as a standalone single in 2020 mm. and then in 2021 they released three of these songs as an ep and then when the album was announced we got two further songs as um like singles yeah. um so before this album's even dropped fans have heard six of the songs six of what are 10 full songs on the album yeah it, is that a problem in your opinion
0: i think it's a daft thing to do personally mm. it's not how i would do it um but then you can say you heard them like you only hear them if you list like if you know an album's coming and i suppose when I did think the first, in 2020, I was like, oh, it's a, a one-off single, so you listen to it. And we did think, oh, it's a one-off EP, so we listened to it. So I suppose, yeah, I had listened to these songs prior to the record coming out, although I hadn't, to be honest, I hadn't gone back to them, so a few of them did sort of slip in my memory. But right. once I knew the album was coming, I mean, I try not to listen to... If there's a release date for an album, I don't want to listen to the songs from it before the record comes out particularly. Sure. We don't do that whole, you know, I know some people like to do the, oh, da they've got a new song and it's part of a new, oh, what do you think? What does this say about the album? Like, if it's from an album, I would rather listen to it within the context mm-hmm. of the album and the confines of the record. But having said that, that, I mean, that's just me. I do think if you have heard six of these songs already, again, from a concept album, and they're all mixed up and you've heard them all at different times, mm. You might get this and be like, oh, it's cool. It's 13 tracks because, it's, you know, like you say, it's not really 13 tracks. It's 10 songs.
1: Yeah, it's 10 tracks with three interludes, which... Yeah. Mm, we'll get to that. I
0: I, <laughs> I think it's a daft thing to do. Like, I don't think it... that it, it didn't impact the enjoyment and my opinion of the record for me personally. Mm. But I think you're running the, r- the risk of really sort of... Um, Really, sort of um, like devaluing it as an album by releasing so much from it prior to it coming out.
1: Mm. Well, this is the thing, because you know, again, I, I'm, this is the last time I'm going to bring it up because I don't want people to think, oh, you know, oh, look at him, he's interviewing all the fucking big players in fucking metal, whoop de do. But like, I just, you were, again,
0: you interviewed Violent J from uh, Insane Clown Posse yet? Man.
1: Not yet, but there's a bucket list, right. and he's at the very top of it. i um, he is, yeah. So again, bucket what, of Fago what, list, more like <laughs> Sorry, um, go on, carry on. Cause because what I when I spoke with Rob for this guitar feature that I'm I'm working on, um, I did I asked him the same question. And his defense was, you know, he grew up a kid of you know 80s thrash, you know. Um, and so he was you know deep in the tape trading circuit. And so through like tape trading and you know, and sort of demos coming out and sort of being, you know, swapped around between people his argument was like, well, I heard Rain in Blood. I heard every song off of Rain in Blood six months before the album came out, and it didn't impact my enjoyment of that record when it finally dropped in any way, shape, or form. That was kind of his rationale for it, which I I can see the argument of, but at the same time when you're listening to demos versus the final thing, you know, you can hear the development, and that in and of itself can be an enjoyable thing. You're listening to an artist develop an idea kind of in real time. I can understand that being very exciting, but the catch is with machine head, like these songs have not changed since we heard them as far back as 2020. Like there's no evolution there. So that potential excitement has gone. So I'm kind of on the fence really about that.
0: I think, you know, it taps into something which again, which you talked about a lot, which is that, you know, the, um, the respect in general for the album is going i think not make definitely not in metal i think people in metal still care about albums mm-hmm. um, which is seen as a little bit antiquated uh yeah by the rest of the sort of the music industry i think um i'm not sure how many people really care that much about the album as a a, a piece of art anymore but i think if you do and i think machine ed clearly do -hmm. And I don't think you should do that personally. I don't think, and I think Rob Flynn's um, suggestion that just because he was given a a tape with a kind of battered old—I mean, yeah—you're not gonna once you hear fucking raining blood, and you've got you're not gonna go, well, I've heard all these songs. (laughs) Like once you hear it in a row, you're gonna go, wow. I mean, that does that changes the context of it, changes it. So six songs, does it ruin? Is it gonna ruin the record? I mean, I don't think the record is the record. The record is either good or it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of the anticipation, in terms of like putting it on. You know, there were, I mean, you can go back to the 90s and there were, I'm trying to think of who, well, 100 Reasons would be about, like, I remember when the first 100 Reasons album came out and they'd released a bunch of singles, it seemed like forever since, that, since first hearing them and hearing about them to their debut album coming out, having seen them loads and loads and loads. I got their debut album and I owned sort of three, four of the singles from it and I'd heard all the other songs from seeing them being played live loads Hmm. so and i was like oh great here's the songs you know that i've already got but eventually i suppose eventually that will if you really love it as an album eventually that will all kind of uh fade away and you'll forget about it so but i do think it might dim the initial impact of the record because people yeah, know, i've heard this one i've heard this one i've not heard them in this order or whatever and it's again i mean i feel like i keep saying it but it's a weird thing to do on a concept album yeah i, a concept I, album, I think like that's a it's
1: kind do. of tangential to another problem if you're looking at this album through the lens of the concept album i think a good concept piece or a good concept album it should not to sound like a wanker but it should feel like a journey you know like everything yeah. should feel perfectly in its place like you know if again if i were to listen to the song the you know the a side of 2112 by rush you know even it's been divided into six parts but i'm not there going oh yeah you know that that section could go before that section you know and that opening bit could go at the end like you know like with 2112 everything is sort of perfectly in order whereas i think the machine had have kind of shot themselves in the foot because they they're positioning this as a concept album but they've kind of already demonstrated the flaws in it as a conceptual piece by releasing half of it in this fractured way where it kind of demonstrates well, actually this just works by itself you don't really need a concept to tether all of it together
0: yeah i mean i think it can i think you can you can kind of do both i would point at the wall by pink floyd you've got three fucking incredible singles from the wall i don't think mm-hmm. sure. there is i mean you know the walls one of my favorite albums ever made by anyone ever um we did a whole classic album thing on it and even it's weird stupid shit bits that are just there to kind of drive the narrative i kind of like just because it actually does drive the narrative but mm. when you pluck comfortably numb out of it or if you pluck another brick in the wall part two out of it or run like hell out of it that does work as a sort of standalone single oh yeah um, yeah yeah but but there's not really anything. And I think like, you probably could, pl- like you say, you could pluck anything out of this record really and go, let that stand alone. And it kind of does because there's nothing really around it. I mean, other than the interlude tracks where you just go, well, what is yeah, this, well, a man this walking is, down a corridor? This is something that
1: I hate. This is a phenomenon in wider metal that I really don't like. It's like, you know, we've made a concept album. It's 10 individual tracks. And to make them sound more connected than they actually are, we're just going to randomly throw in interludes just to make it feel like more of a narrative than it is, and mm-hmm. like it, it that just strikes me as lazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe like here's the thing. I think we're um, we're, we're talking a lot about the the idea. Oh, of the are we overemphasizing album. the concept album? I definitely think we are. Because, I think we are. Like you're you're right. Like yeah, I mean, as as a concept album, it ain't a great one. But mm. getting onto the actual songs, yeah, let's talk, yeah, about, <laughs> let's talk about the, the actual, actual music. We're here music to talk about. that's on the record i mean slaughter the martyr for me is it was such a like oh my god thank god for that and then the second time i listened to it and i was ready for it i was like yeah this is this Mm. is banging i love it i I love it as a
1: song i really do um my one the the one thing i don't like about it is like that first distorted riff that we hear is very similar to the first distorted riff in clenching the fists of descent
0: um, I mean, it, it does sound like Clinton. If it like the, it, it does sound like that song.
1: It's very, very, very similar, and that that's mm. like my one sort of dig at what's otherwise a very, very, very strong ten minutes of of metal. Mm.
0: And then I think when you go on to choke on the ashes of your hate, um, mm. it's kind of more things change here in Machine Head, which is my favorite album of theirs. I think mm. when they can do that shit right and do it well, and I think. Like you mentioned, the sort of the, the the vocal hook on it, and what I really like about this song, weirdly, is not so much the hook, but I just think. Rob occasionally can get so manic in his delivery that mm. it sounds like the words are coming out of his mouth before he's even sort of ready to formulate them. And he doesn't seem to take a breath. It's just this kind of tumbling, like, rah, 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 and he goes on and on and on and on. Mm. And I love Rob Flynn when he sounds manic as fuck like that. And I think he can get away with, you're probably right, It's not. it's certainly not the most memorable hook on the record. But yeah. I think because Rob sounds so fucking frantic and so angry, I will forgive him that it, yeah it, it wasn't a problem to me to be perfectly honest
1: and like I, I don't want to come across as like someone who dislikes this song i i just i necessarily i it wouldn't have been the one that i'd have picked for ostensibly the lead single that's mm-hmm. just me personally um because like you you point to like more things change era machine head and like it hadn't clipped with me before but now that you've said that like it just it it makes absolute perfect sense um yeah. It's just for me, I feel like the Machine Head in 2022 has matured a lot since 1997 in terms of that. I think they're better at making melodies now. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would have just liked to have heard that on like the first taste of this album. But that's just a personal thing. Like in the context of the record, I really do like Choke on the Ashes of Your Hate. Because like you're following up this 10 minute, you know, sort of very long, expansive suite. No, it makes sense to follow that, and it's very impactful to follow that with four minutes of non-stop fuck you. You know, yeah. four minutes, and like, following ten minutes of that with four minutes of this does make perfect sense once you hear it in the context of the record, I think.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, for me, the kind of the big grandiose, like, holy shit opening is then punctuated by two absolutely cracking, kicking the bollocks, and I think, come the firestorm is Book, yes. probably even bigger a kick in the bollocks as well I,
1: I love this song I loved it when I heard wicked. it on the EP and I love it now
0: yeah I think it's the a great song is massive this yes. is a massive hook yeah I mean, I'll, as I'll, as dude,
1: absolutely no no um, no counter argument from me
0: yeah um, and again like gritted teeth Rob Flynn if ever there was a time in my life no, James, no, that whole thing when he's <laughs> going, oh, like yeah it I love it's fucking it. brilliant and you know the solo at the end I, I like I at this point I am absolutely three for three, turned over, mm-hmm. rubbing, tickle my belly. I'm having a lovely time. Like this yeah. is that I, I so far I'm like fuck. This is absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a pretty what I would consider a fairly unnecessary yeah. The first of
1: yeah. three
0: kind of fairly unnecessary interlude tracks.
1: Yeah, which
0: it's just an interlude
1: it's just i don't know for, for me it's just it's just very it's it's very teenage audio play mm. in, like, in like, i'm I'm sorry we've lost them they've overdosed and then the big distorted weird
0: rah,
1: of pain <laughs> it's like it's just so it, it is just a bit like university radio project to me i like, it, it just yeah. it's it does sound a bit like it's like beam the audio of a b movie trailer like it just it just sounds a bit cheap to me.
0: Yeah, it was hugely unnecessary. Yeah. In a um, in in a fifty nine minute long record, you're looking at. I mean, it is only, it is only going to shave off. Three minutes and ten seconds. Yeah. Of a fifty nine minute long. Yeah. Album, but yeah. those three minutes feel like more than three minutes. I think. Yeah, I mean they're not necessarily
1: the worst like interlude tracks I've heard in my life by any stretch at all. Like, you know, I I keep thinking like when it comes to like bad intro tracks, um, and this is this is going to say an awful lot about the music I grew up listening to. So buckle up. Um, do you remember that Breaking Benjamin album Phobia from like two thousand six? No, it's it's very no. like American <laughs> Jock Rock, but there's yeah. an intro track where it's just a car door shutting, and that's it. Like and there's no there's no right real rhyme or reason for it. Um like this is better than that. Um when it comes to like what ambience of an album, whatever you want to call it. But Mm. yeah, like I'm I'm reaching for the skip button the second this track comes
0: on. Yeah, and I think it's a shame as well because My Hands Are Empty is next, which is a slower build of a song. Mm. You get the very obvious like click, change pace. Um, I think there's a really big riff and a really, and I think it needed to turn a pace for the record at this point. But I do feel like going off a kind of pretty pointless minute of like, what is, is my, you know, and you turn it up and you go, what am I listening? Is this a song? Like, what's going on? And then you get a bit of a meandering song on off the back of it to start.
1: It's with. it's so I love this song do you okay. i really like this song uh, it it's actually I, i've i've got a few like notes written here and like i think like my hands are empty is for me like one of my favorite songs on the entire album like i i yeah. like i for me like there's just a diversity to it that i like because like you know we have we have now had big fuck off you know 10 minute song two sort of very brutish thrash tracks and now again, like we, we've got something different. We've got a more concise and atmospheric song with a melody that I really like. That clean sung melody, which I think, um, I think their bassist Jared actually does the clean singing of that um, chorus. And I just really like that chorus, like that that my hands are empty um, line. I just really like it. Like there's just something about it that really resonates with me and just sticks in my brain um yeah it's just a song that i really really like I, I think it's a good you call it a meandering song i think it's a good left turn at a point where you know after two songs that have a similar structure you know it, it kind of it does sort of take you on a little bit of a tangent and i i like that it, it maintains my attention
0: I, I i think machine ed can be very good at doing these types of songs mm. um i'm not entirely convinced that this is the strongest version of them doing this sort of thing I think certainly like you know would I have been happy with another big thrashy you know three and a half minute long screamer to come in I mean yeah probably Um, (laughs) I probably would but I get it for the album for the kind of dynamic range of the album I absolutely understand why they did that Um, but I do think that for me, it, it sort of, I was getting really hyped up and then we get quite an abrupt full stop. And mm. I think, I don't think that My Hand's Empty is a bad song. I think it's quite a good song. I just think it was such an abrupt full stop that I was like, oh, okay, right, okay. And it took me a little while to be like, w- are we getting back to it? I, I actually found the sort of clean vocal on it a little bit like not quite up to the standard of um something like now i Lay lady down or do you know mm. what i mean i, I didn't think oh that was yeah as good as
1: yeah it. no i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that it's better than a song like that but at the yeah. same time like you know because it, it opens with like that distal a distant echoing like vocal melody like that whoa and like i i just really like that I, I just like that sort of thank god it's not by fucking children i will say for a start um but yeah I just like that it it just, I just really like that melody. I just really like that melody and I like that that's sort of what it opens with. Um yeah, I, I just like it as a change of pace and as a good melody. I th- I think I think it works.
0: Do you think it is better or worse than Unhallowed? Because weirdly, I think again, um Machine Head uh set their stall out early and then they kind of I think they This feels slightly, like, it's not, again, it's not bad, but it all feels slightly disjointed in terms of here's your big bit and then, especially again, like, oh, God, I don't want to say, oh, it's a concept album, by the way, again. But Mm. for a concept album to sort of stick in that place for such a long time, I think, you know, um, my hands are empty and unhallowed. You're looking at five minutes 29, six minutes 29. You're looking at, you know, that's twelve minutes of this record. That's nearly a quarter of the running time of the mm. record. And I think they could have got both of those songs done quicker, personally, I think.
1: I think for me with Unhallowed, um it's funny, I've listened to this album now I want to say four times. And I, I the last time I listened to it was maybe like an hour before we sort of switched the microphones on and started recording. There is very little that I remember about Unhallowed um like there's very little about it that sticks in my brain the only thing that really sticks out to me we talked earlier about like the the big harmonic guitar leads that machine head can do very very well um that comes back there is a very 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 good guitar lead um i think it's like sort of around like the bridge like middle to end of the song and that that always kind of sticks with me and then like it's, it's good to have like guitar leady flashy you know machine head back um and that was really cool that was a really cool moment but yeah like i i I genuinely cannot remember anything else about that song like i'm really struggling right now um
0: there's a good it goes mental at the end and i like that but overall mm. i was a bit like yeah this is it's sort of plodding a little bit and then it goes into assimilate which is another minute long thing yeah, and this time I think—I mean, the first time I was like, "Okay, I don't really know what's going on here." I think assimilate is actually shit. It sounds like an episode of Stargate. Mm. Not that like I've ever watched Stargate. I'll
1: That's take like you. I'll not. take your word for it because I saw the runtime and then I skipped
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I mean, you haven't listened to it. I've never watched Stargate, uh, so we don't. Really I mean, know no, what I, I, I
1: have listened to it. I've given it the one cursory listen. I can't remember a thing about it. <laughs> Every it's other replay. it's just a lot of
0: like I'm... dramatic talking, right? In a sort of. You know, dystopian society kind of way, and I was like, "Oh god." Mm. Um...
1: And and, and honestly, I'm going to say the same thing when we get onto "Terminus," which is the penultimate track and the last interlude as well. It's like I I listened to it through the first time I listened to the album. I don't remember a fucking thing about it. Skipped it every single time since because I'm just—I just don't have. You know, what could I do with these? You know, three minutes of my life. You know, Mm. I could, I could. I was about to say something. I won't won't say it.
0: you can say it Matt if you want to say it unless you have something I, was like, I could, I could have, a, I, could have a, I
1: could have a pretty decent speed wank in the in the time that you know it takes to you know listen to those interludes you know it's like it's
0: yeah ah uh, youth <laughs> <When> in those <laughs> days please 42, please please don't that, please, don't let, it takes please me... don't let that please don't let that make
1: the edit I write for the guardian <laughs> for God's sake.
0: <laughs> please okay. god I'll bleep, I'll beep it out you can um, just bleep it <laughs>
1: Oh no, because if you bleep it, people are gonna think I said I could kill five puppies in that time or something. No, no, I think no, no, no. think it's worse. <laughs> um okay Oh you yeah, fuck um, it fuck it, keep all of this in. This is funny. Keep it all
0: in. I'm mean, <laughs> no, I am way too lazy to edit out anything, to be honest. So fuck it. You better edit yourself, mate. You gotta <laughs> oh, do a self editing job here. Oh Let's hi mum, in. how are you? <laughs> Look, we all do it, all right? We all do it. Friday, I don't would never do it. Um anyway. Let's talk about kill thy enemies. Yeah, let's I talk mean, about that instead. Yeah, like this brings it back round for me a bit more. After this, I think Machinehead, yeah, a bit like kind of spine, um, on the more things change, I think is fucking brilliant. Or you know, d- down to none, they do that kind of almost sort of creeping evil stompy thing really yeah. well. They don't have to go at a million miles an hour all the time. Machine, and I think that's for me where their their dynamic range is like they're when they're at the apex of their dynamic range is when they're either going like you say kind of tornado double solo anthemic fucking thrashes fuck or crushingly kind of like stalkery right, down is... in the dirt and i Oop i really bear. like this song
1: yeah i do too like there's something about that just that hammering groove and that ill thy enemies i'm like mm. yeah because I, I i do like like with my this is sort of going to say a lot about me like my personal taste in metal i like very groovy very heavy metal like you know fuck my, my favorite band you know is cult of luna you know and they are you know big fucking you
0: never mentioned that i that know
1: like everyone everyone who follows me on twitter right now is going really what a surprise <laughs> um yeah it's like like cult of luna are my favorite band and like they do that big fuck off slow heavy metal yeah. extremely well and like my, my another one of my favorite bands is gojira and they can do that groove incredibly mm. fucking well mm. um you know so that there's something i love about like flooding marching fuck off heavy metal that i really like and kill thy enemies absolutely you know ticks that box you know yeah. extraordinarily well
0: it's brilliant and i think for me i mean i've been kind of ho hum about a couple of songs um, or just bits of a couple of songs. For me, No Gods, No Masters, I think, is where they, they drop the ball a little bit. Really? On this record. Okay. That's what I think. I don't think this is as anthemic or bombastic as I think they think it is. And I think they mm. can do this. I don't think it's their wheelhouse particular. I don't think it's their strength. But when they're not blasting on every single cylinder, I don't think they quite pull these sort of songs off. And for me, No Gods, No Masters is probably my least favourite song on the record
1: I mean for me it's it's quite middle of the road Like, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, I don't think it's necessarily even a bad song but it's far from a highlight um, mm. again it's one of those ones where like I can't quite remember a huge amount about it um, yeah like there's very little that I can remember, I, th- I think it is just like a middle of the road album track
0: Yeah, I I do. And and, and that's fine. Like, you know, when we get to kind of, I don't know where we rank it, we'll talk about it at the end. But I think it is saved with the one-two punch. I mean, are these songs actually great or am I just the fucking sucker for this shit? I don't know. But Bloodshot and Rotten, to me, are both absolutely fucking wicked. I mean, yes. Mm -hmm. Cutthroat by Sepultura.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, but that that,
1: that Bloodshot, Bloodshot hook is pretty damn similar to cutthroat by sepultura and that oh
0: it's exactly the same
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly
0: the same yeah and Um, you know fine
1: yeah it's one of those things where like it's far from the it's far from the most egregious bit of let's say inspiration machine head have taken because i mean fuck, catharsis it was you know what was the riff beyond the pale that's pretty much exactly the same as love by strapping young lad yeah you know um so yeah it's like... all been
0: done everything's been done Every... <laughs> like <laughs> well, this well this is it there's no, done, such th- so, there's no such thing know.
1: as an original idea anymore isn't there you know no.
0: like so everything I'm... takes
1: inspiration for everything else like i mean i mean yeah, yeah like I, i'm again I, I think this maybe falls under the um uh the category of nitpick perhaps um because like these two songs bloodshot and rotten are very 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 good songs i think i prefer bloodshot um because it, it just sticks with me more like that, that that hook just does stick with me more but now that i'm saying that i do remember a lot about rotten i do remember that cry of everything is rotten to the core and like that yeah, big fucking then... groove so maybe i'm just as i'm spitballing here maybe i'm dismantling my own argument um
0: yeah the classic the burn the... my eyes chug and pinch gong, yeah, gong, yes ee, gong, yeah. gong, that kind of yeah gong, gong, it's, gong, it's gong, all gong, very gong, 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 like huge love i, it. I do I, I love that love stuff
1: it. Cause that's one of like, the, the defining machine head traits for me is like those, like those, I, I don't know. I can't
0: remember the exact
1: technical term for it, but like that big sort of squeak. Um, you know, I love that. Yeah, um, pinch
0: harmonics. Would it be? Uh, movies, or
1: is that... Sure. I, I write for guitar magazine. Oh, fuck. I was gonna say
0: something. <laughs> exactly, I famously know nothing about this stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so God. I'm
0: probably wrong. I thought you were going to be like, no, it isn't you idiot. Oh but, you know, God. This on. is
1: my job. Um, uh, yeah but like the, the point is like it has that sort of big classic machine head sort of squeal to it um that i really 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 like um and it, it, things are a uh, fun fact I, that that came from that was we talk about inspiration no i no such thing as an original idea anymore you know that 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 machine heads pinch harmonic sort of guitar squealing was inspired by dri um yeah yeah so that, that's that's an interesting little tidbit um and yeah yeah i i really do enjoy both of these songs i think now that i've sort of spoken through it a bit more i think i kind of love them both equally um because now, now that i'm thinking about them yeah there's a lot about them that does stick in my head um and i do enjoy them very very much for sure
0: i have to say i again i love them i think the opening to this record and the closest record is fucking brilliant it's what i want i mean we'll get into arrows from sky in a moment i think we just fucking forget what the, the terminus is a minute long or whatever yes yeah, um it. Arrows and Words from the Sky, big again, big slow stomping. Got kind of We Will Rock You drums in it a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Rob yeah. Flynn getting super fucking emotional. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a like, is it my favourite Machine Head album closer? It's no block, I'll say that. But no. it's a great way to end what has been a kind of return to form for Machine Head, I would say. Yeah, massively
1: so. Um, I think arrows and words from the sky i really really like the only thing i i would kind of nitpick about arrows and words from the sky is that you know it it has the the ambient sort of very soft and sort of emotional melodies i think the way it transitions to like the more distorted metal sort of towards the end i think it's a little bit awkward i think that transitioning riff is a little bit clunky um like i i think you could swap that out and like if you gave that like, a little bit more time, a little bit more thought. I think you could find something that transitions a bit heavier, a bit heftier. Um, but again, that's a massive nitpick. I really do like this song. Um, and I remember when the Arrows and Words from the Sky EP dropped last year, Like that was the one song, even though now that I've listened to them more, Become the Firestorm and Rotten are fucking really good songs. Um, Arrows and Words from the Sky is always a song that I would go back to on that EP when it came out. And I think it comes back to what I was saying about my hands are empty. Like I like the dynamic range of it. I like the change of pace for it, and that works for me with arrows, both on the EP and on this album as like again a left turn, like final chapter. Um, which yeah, so again, this is a, definitely a song that I like very much. It's just I have that one nitpick of like maybe that clunky transition to the full-blooded kind of groove at the end.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. I think you know Mm. this is not a perfect record. We've got let's call it we've got let's call it ten tracks. For me, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six great songs on here. I think there are six absolute fucking rages on here. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are two good songs and there are two that I'm less fussed with.
1: I mean for me personally there's not a bad song on here i think the worst song on on here is just middle of the road and that's no Mm -hmm. gods no masters um but yeah there is so much on here that i really really do like like slaughter the martyr become the firestorm kill thy enemies um rotten bloodshot arrows like this is all stuff i'd be incredibly open to hearing and i really hope i do hear in like a live environment for sure yeah
0: you know? yeah and i think 10 albums in and when people are going oh god what are they going to come up with i don't think you can ask for much more than that can you that's a pretty good fucking return that,
1: that's I mean. damn good yeah and i think especially when like it's you know th- th- this was kind of touted in the lead up as kind of like the blackening two. that was mm-hmm. kind of the, the phrase that was getting thrown around um rob flynn said that that's what is a and r guy called it when he first heard it called it the blackening Two, and i think when that's a mode that they've existed in for blackening locust bloodstone and this album you know to to sort of still be living in that soundscape and to be pulling out that many fucking belters that is respectable that is really really respectable
0: yeah i agree i mean you know look it could have done with some tightening up for sure it could have done with a few snips here and there uh, it doesn't quite nail every single thing. But for me, this is certainly the best machined album since Bloodstone and Diamonds, which I know is only one ago. So it doesn't yeah. really feel like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, down but with it is, faint praise there, I think. Eight, eight years. Um, and I, th- I think it's I th- actually better than that. I mean, it might be. It, For me, it's definitely better than Unto the Locust. It's definitely better than Catharsis. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think it probably is better than bloodstone and diamond so we are looking if if i stick with that we are looking at the best machine in album since the blackening
1: i'd agree with that um i'd I...
0: bestow that accolade upon it
1: oh 100 yeah because like i really do the thing is though like thinking about it there is more that i would chop off of bloodstone than i would chop off of this
0: that's right. a very good point
1: like, um, and I really, I again, I really do like Bloodstone. There are some fucking top tier songs on that. I really do love that album. But the thing is that with this, I'd only really like chop off the interludes, really. Because um, like, no gods, no masters. I don't think there's necessarily, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it. Um, yeah, like, it, like it, for me, like the only stuff where I'm like, get rid of you, yeah, fuck off. It would be the... Um, the interludes. And the thing is, though, as well, I think we need to talk about the fact that we talk about the length of the album. This, I think, this is the first Machine Head album since 2011, I think, to be shorter than an hour. Yeah. So like, I mean, I I've think... actually
0: got Bloodstone and Diamond's Wikipedia page up in front of me right. now. It's 70 minutes and 59 seconds. And yes, like looking at it, game over, do you need that really? Well, um... it's funny you
1: mentioned that. I was looking at the Machine Head Spotify like earlier today for like research and things like that. And Game Over is, like, the most popular song on that record in terms of, like, streaming numbers. Yeah. But there, there's, I keep wondering, I kept wondering, like, why do they keep bringing Game Over out live of all the songs on that fucking album? And then, yeah. then you look at the streaming numbers, and it's like, God, that's, got, that's in the millions. It's, it's like, it's just an album track. Like, it wasn't released as anything special, but it's got millions of
0: streams. It really is a very lopsided record looking at it now. I mean, Now We Die, Killers and Kings, Ghost Will Haunt My Bones, the Night of the Long Knife, say into the Black fucking great oh great stuff. Looking at the second half of it damage inside you know you mentioned imaginal cells come yeah on. game over i don't think, think is worth it i mean income to the flood does not need to be seven and a half minutes long absolutely not so i, li- I yeah. like
1: incomes the flood personally I really but it do, doesn't it.
0: need to be seven and a half minutes long surely i, I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> okay fair um and Sorry. catharsis i like beneath this
1: beneath the silt i really like i think beneath the silt is a boss song and like i i remember that song like that's a part of my fabric at this point i think
0: okay good well i'm glad you like it um <laughs> catharsis that's right. good thank you reminder. mate I, I i appreciate your support in this trying time yeah, yeah. <laughs> um catharsis is 74 minutes and 26 seconds long Sweet. i mean that's mental it's 15 songs look at oh, this damn how many speed wags yeah. you know could what, you fit before, in there? That? that's like well, 20, I mean, 25 25 is... speed ranks. Are this that's still we're we're still prep for me at forty two. <laughs> this is still prep, unfortunately. Um, although I tell you what, you're not getting much going on with fucking bastards going on in the background, are you?
1: Oh, dude, no, absolutely not. Well, the thing not is, though, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the track list thing for catharsis, and like, there's a lot of good stuff on catharsis. Like Heavy Lies the Crown is very good. Yeah. Um, okay, that's 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 like the only thing that's the only thing I'd put in the
0: <laughs> really good column. Um, but like, um, there are, there the title are... track is good as well I think the title track good yeah but I,
1: I prefer I think, Kaleidoscope's I think it, good I do like I think Kaleidoscope got a lot of unfair hate because it opens mm. with like the claps and yeah. I think people were like oh yeah this is another pop piece of shit It's like no actually it's really good like concise metal banger in my opinion and it's good fun live as well actually
0: but clearly looking at the the, the track listing of both of those records and then getting of Kingdom and Crown I think of Kingdom and Crown looks even with you know your your terminus and assimilate and overdose little moments on there Mm -hmm. it just looks i mean you know like i said still could do a little bit of trimming but overall that's still a fun time that that, that's that's like
1: yeah i think of those three track lists now that i've kind of skimmed through them all back to back i'm looking at the the track list of kingdom and crown and going yeah this is the best time this is like the highest hit ratio in my opinion undoubtedly Um, yeah and like i say i i i I love um bloodstone and diamonds i really really do um but yeah i think that this is like bumped bloodstone down and sort of taken that second best you know just below the blackening um Mm. not overall but like sort of blackening and afterwards it kind
0: of i i I actually do agree i actually just looked at the i'm looking at the track listing for the locust which is at least shorter but there's a couple of um, yeah, Lots I mean, because like good, the
1: only yeah. song on that album that I keep humming back to again and again and again is the title track, is Locust. I um, like
0: Darkness Within? I, I like know,
1: Darkness. I like Darkness Within, but I don't come back to it as much.
0: Okay.
1: I do, I do like the opening of be Still and No. In fact, I, do, I like all of Beestel and No. But like that opening sort of guitar leads, that sort of tappy sort of lead that they open mm. with i really yeah, like that's that
0: That's a good song actually. Oh, that's, that's a, a good song yeah completely
1: and, about that. and that that i there's something about that lyric where he says like hoist the head of goliath and there's something about that lyric that just makes me feel like i'm 200 feet tall like that, that's just a again we talk about like you know certain machine head lyrics sticking out and sort of be and rather than like entire themes hmm. you know be still and know that hoist the head of goliath it's like yeah that feels fucking badass
0: that does Yeah, man. I mean, look, you know, Machine Ed at their best. They're very, very good. And occasionally on this record, they're at their best. And a fair bit, they're very, very good. So, you know, Mm. I think this is a decent record. I think it's a very, very decent record. And um, I think it will stick with me to the the end of time.
1: Because what did you give it in your Hammer review? Did you give it an 8 out of 10?
0: I gave it an 8 out of 10
1: yeah i'd i'd be in the same boat as you like i i think that if, if i were reviewing it for hammer or anywhere else that uses numerical scores i'd give it an eight out of ten four out of five i think it sits squarely in that this is what a four out of five album is to me
0: i think that is accurate anyway there you go that's it thanks for coming on matt appreciated dude thank you for having me this has been great fun actually i know i've i've not sort
1: of fucked myself over as bad as i thought i would like, i thought i was going to out myself as an idiot by talking instead of writing right. but i've actually i don't think i've come across as a twat so i'm happy about that
0: the shit arrogance of the man to say i'm not a twat no you haven't matt you're not a twat you're not a <laughs> twat at all come back and review demi lovato with me one day oh dude gladly we, we were gonna do demi lovato and i just just was like who the fuck do i get to, to do that but anyway we might review that at some point uh thanks for listening everyone much appreciated hope you enjoyed the new machine and album of kingdom crown it's coming out on friday um if you're listening to this podcast today, it comes out that's like two days away or something so enjoy that and we will see you next time goodbye
1: well i won't but bye <laughs>